everybody to our Bible study. We call it From the Preacher's Study. Uh, we are located in the Preacher's Study here at the Oak Mountain mm -hmm. Building, and we're glad to have you with us today. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the, the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and Kevin Clark is with me. He's uh, one of our members, been a member here for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. We've worked together for, uh, well, in lots of ways for yep. for that period of time. And, Absolutely. Uh, we're glad for the opportunity to, to come before you in this format and study the scriptures. We hope we have some things to say today that will be beneficial for you as you go through your week and uh, try to live a life that's pleasing to God, a life that's fulfilling for ourselves, of course. Living a life that's pleasing to God is the most fulfilling kind of life that we can live. And if we're able to contribute to that in some way by the things we say, well, we've, we've done our task. That's what we're trying to do. And we hope that we're able to accomplish that. Kevin, anything as we begin here? I, I want to continue to thank the audience for all the encouragement that we have. I know that you're getting the feedback that I'm getting. People who just appreciate the efforts that we're making and that we're taking time to highlight and exalt the Word of God and bring it into their lives. And to me, it's encouraging to hear people. I mean, you know from Isaiah 55 that when God's Word goes out there, it's going to accomplish its intended purpose. But it's nice uh, to get some verification corroboration of that. And certainly when you have people who are listening express appreciation, uh, we know that they're expressing appreciation for God's Word and the effort to highlight that. And that's very gratifying to me. That's right. Our, our efforts are just to exalt God. That's right. And we exalt God by exalting His Word. That's right. It's a little bit hard to distinguish God from yeah, His Word. It's sort right. of like distinguishing the rays of sunshine from right, the sun. Right. The Word of God and God, of course, blend together. And as we exalt His Word and, and magnify His Word, we're magnifying Him. Amen. So that's what we want to do. We want to draw from Scripture. Mm -hmm. not, our, not our opinion, right. not our insight, but draw from Scripture uh, things that will help us in our, in our walk with Christ. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. And let's uh, try to draw some things from Scripture there. We began this, this passage here uh, last time we were together. Yeah. And we noted that before we became Christians, mm -hmm. Paul says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the air and so forth. And he concludes by saying we're by nature children of wrath, just like everybody else. That's, right, that's right. why we were no better Amen. than everybody else in the world, deserving of God's wrath. But, and we talked about yes. the strength of right. that word but in right. verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in mm -hmm. our transgressions, mm -hmm. he made us alive together with Christ. And so here's what we were, dead in transgressions and sins, worthy of God's wrath. Here's what God did for us. Mm -hmm. He bestowed his mercy on us, his love on us. He made us alive together. We were dead. Right. He's made us alive together. He's raised us up to sit with Christ in heavenly places. So we know we live in this world. We live mm -hmm. in a physical body. We live in a physical world. But it's as if we are sitting with Christ mm -hmm. as he's sitting on his throne. Mm -hmm. And so we're raised up out of the world, so to speak, to sit with Christ in heavenly places. And then finally he says that he saved us by his grace there in verse 5. By grace you've been saved. And then again, Amen. verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Saved from what, Kevin? What are we saved from? 
Well, it's the wrath of God that we bring upon ourselves. Whenever we sin, violate the word of God, whether we do something God says not to do or fail to do something we're supposed to do, we have transgressed. And we know from Romans 6.23, the wages of that transgression is death. And that death is not just physical, but it also is eternal separation from God, i.e. hell. And that's what we deserve. That's the wrath of God. So a lot of people have a hard time with that concept. How can something that I could do within a space of 30 seconds or a minute or a couple minutes warrant an eternity of damnation? You don't understand the severity of sin. You don't understand what it means to transgress God's law. It's that serious, so serious, look to the cross. I tell people all the time, if you don't understand the seriousness of sin, you look to the cross of That's Jesus right. Christ. That's the price right there. That's right. And so people don't like to think of God as a God of wrath. These days we like to think of God as a God of mercy and mm -hmm. grace and love, which He is, and mm -hmm. we don't want to sure. minimize that sure. to any degree whatsoever. But God is a God of wrath yeah. against sin. And that very expression is found in Romans mm -hmm. chapter 5 and verse 9. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God mm -hmm. through Him. And so saved from what? As you, as you said, saved from the wrath of God. Amen. Well, I want to pick up on a couple of statements that he makes in, in this passage. Verse 7. Now, why, why does God do this? Why does He save us? Well, He saves us for our benefit. Mm -hmm. We go to heaven. We are in the presence of God. We receive this this reward and these blessings of going to heaven. But there's another aspect that we might not mm -hmm. think of all that often. So verse 7 says, So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness mm -hmm. toward us in Christ Jesus. And so God, God is acting on his own behalf as he saves us. The Bible talks in a number of places of God uh, God acting for His name's sake, right. for His, because of His own character, to show His own nature, what He Himself is like. Uh, and there are a number of passages uh, along this line. We'll just look at uh, one back in the 25th Psalm in verse 11. Verse 8, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice. He teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's mm -hmm. sake, O Lord, pardon my mm -hmm. iniquity, mm -hmm. for it is great. Yeah. And so here the psalmist, David, he appeals to God, save me, not, not just for my sake, right, right. but for your own name's sake, mm -hmm. so that everyone can see what kind of God you are. Absolutely. And so God is saving us to show everyone who might have a question about it or have doubts about it, whether in realm seen or unseen, mm -hmm. what kind of God he is. And of course, all of that is to the praise of his glory, chapter Amen. one and verse six. Amen. And so what we want to do is, is we want to live lives that praise God, Amen. that bring glory to his name, to indicate to people and show to people what kind of God he is. Yeah, when you said that, I couldn't help but think, remember how many times Moses would make that argumentation with respect to the children of Israel. I mean, obviously he was pleading on behalf of his people because he loved them for their benefit, but oftentimes he would use the argument for your name's sake. What are people going to say about your name and your people and how are they going to talk about it? So it's the same idea of appealing to the name of God. And I think it's a great point that it's, it's like many of my friends say, it's not about us. It's all that's about right. God. And we're just right. trying to glorify him. Anything we do that's good magnifies his name. That's what we're all about. That's right. Nothing wrong with me wanting to go to heaven oh, and sure, enjoying sure. the benefits right. of heaven. Absolutely. Those benefits are described for us. and That provides great motivation for us. But it's not just about me and That's what right. I want after this life. That's right. It's what can I bring to God? Amen. And, 
And so to live a life that brings praise and glory to God. We don't have any trouble praising people we think are deserving of that praise. That's right. Whether it's yeah. an athlete or a politician or just somebody that we have a lot of respect for, we have no problem you know, heaping praise upon them. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the God of all creation, our right. God, our yeah. Savior. And we shouldn't have any problem living a life that brings praise to Him. And that's a great point, because if you think that's extreme and that's going too far, remember, as Paul said in Acts 17, this is the God who gives to all things life, breath, and all things. So the fact that we even exist, our very life and existence, is at the pleasure of God. He created us. He gives us life. He sustains us. So when you look at it through that lens, yes, it is appropriate for us to live our entire lives to His glory, because that's He's right. the one that gave us life in the first place. So maybe a good exercise for everybody today would be, you know, what can I do today that will bring praise to God? Mm -hmm. And it might just be live a godly life. Right. Uh, make make better decisions with my life. It might be share the gospel with mm -hmm. someone. It might be be a better husband or mm -hmm. be a be a more obedient, disciplined child. Right. What can I do today that will bring praise to God? And so think in concrete terms as we think about our the, the day ahead of us, and maybe uh, come up with some good good answers to that, to that question. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, this idea of being saved by grace. Mm -hmm. You see it in verses 8 and 9 especially. These are well-known well verses. By grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. So what does it mean to be saved by grace? Well, God bestows His gift on us. That's what grace is. It's a gift. It's God bestowing His favor on us. But in order to, in order to receive that gift, there's something that we must do. What is, what is that? What does this passage say, say that that is? We've got to respond in faith. That's right. And that is something that we do, is satisfying a condition of grace. Uh, John 6, 29, uh, Jesus was asked, what must we do to do the works of God? He said, the work of God is this, that you believe on him. And so belief is something we can do. Now, the belief doesn't merit salvation, but it is That's a right. condition of the grace that you've just talked about. There's a couple of passages in, in the Bible, a couple of examples that I think show that God's grace is bestowed when human beings meet certain conditions. Exactly. Uh, Naaman is, is mm -hmm. a case in point. Mm -hmm. Second Kings chapter 5, he is a leper. He couldn't cleanse himself mm -hmm. of the leprosy. Mm -hmm. But God told him, if you'll dip in the Jordan seven times, I'll cleanse your leprosy. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. And he wasn't cleansed until he dipped seven times. That's right. Was he cleansed by God's grace? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wasn't by his own work. That's right. But it was by God's, that was God's gift to him. Amen. But the gift was bestowed upon him when he did what God asked him Absolutely. to do. The blind man in John chapter mm -hmm. 9 is another mm -hmm. case in point. Very similar. Did he, did he uh, uh, you know, bring, give himself sight? No, not, not really. Not by his own power. But when he went and washed in the pool of Siloam, as Jesus asked him to do, then he came back seeing. And so both of those are gifts of God. Naaman is cleansed of his leprosy. The blind man receives his sight. But those gifts are bestowed on condition. Absolutely. Faith is the fundamental mm -hmm. condition. Mm -hmm. But there are other conditions sure. that develop from that faith That's and right. are produced by that faith. That's right. We confess with the mm -hmm. mouth, Jesus is Lord. And so confession is simply articulating what you believe. Right. Right. So all that is, is, this is what I believe. And then we're to repent of our mm -hmm. sins. And we're simply making a commitment to live by what we profess to believe. Mm -hmm. I believe that Jesus is Lord. That means I have to live a certain mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And I've got to stop living one way and live for Him. 
And then we're baptized in, in, in the name of Jesus Amen. for the remission of our sins. And so again, we are putting into practice what we believe. We believe that Jesus died, was buried, and was raised from, from the dead. So we die to mm -hmm. sin and are buried and are raised up when we are baptized. And Amen. so that's, that's a picture of what we believe. And so faith is sort of that fundamental uh, first step. But these other commands and conditions develop from that. Amen. Yeah, if you think about it, for, for without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11, 6. And we know from the book of Hebrews, uh, especially chapter 11, that the kind of faith that's required is an obedient faith. It's a faith that acts upon the commands of God. So this idea that faith is just mental assent, we can do whatever we want to, that is not biblical faith. Faith means we have to act upon the information God has given to us and the instructions he has. And if we do that, like you said, the person who has that faith, confession is just a natural extension of that. Repentance is a natural extension of that. Baptism is a natural extension of that. And then living a holy life is a natural extension That's of right. that faith. That's right. Well, our time's about out for this. We're, we'll talk about uh, verse 10 next next time. We'll talk about uh, we're uh, uh, justified for good works. And so mm -hmm. we'll talk about the good works that we do and want to devote ourselves to once we become Christians. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time. We'd like to close with a word of prayer. We hope we've said some things that maybe you'll trigger some thoughts in your mind, maybe give you some, some things to think about uh, as you go through your, your day today. Uh, think about how you might live a life that brings glory and honor to God. Think about uh, living those, doing those things in your life uh, so as to receive God's grace. And, uh, and then we'll go on and we'll advance that idea in our, our next session. Kevin, would you like to lead us in prayer? Sure, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the beautiful day that you've given to us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for so many ways that you've blessed us in terms of physical existence. We know that life itself is a gift from you. The very breath we take comes from your hand. We thank you for that. Thank you for the many blessings we have in this country, unparalleled in the world. We thank you for the standard of living we have and hope that we have been good stewards of that and use that in such a way to bring glory and honor to thy name. And speaking of that subject, we're so very glad we had the opportunity to talk about the importance of doing things for your glory and that we may look at our lives and live them in such a way that it will bring glory and honor not to ourselves, not to our parents, not to our spouses, not to our children, not even to the group that we identify with in terms of church, but ultimately to you. Uh, you're the one that makes all this possible. We're so very thankful for the grace that has been bestowed upon us uh, through your Son on the cross, the thing that we could not do for ourselves to bridge that chasm that exists between you and us when we sin. And we're so very thankful that chasm has been bridged and we have the opportunity to be called your children, to be adopted in your family. And please help us to live our lives in such a way that we constantly show an appreciation for that salvation and just what it means to us. We never uh, consider the blood by which we are sanctified a common thing, never insult the spirit of grace, and never trot underfoot your son. We're so very thankful for salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. We ask you to continue to be with the hearers of this program, that they may be blessed. May they take the things that are said, have the spirit of the brands, make sure that they're in accordance with thy will, and if so, that they incorporate them into their very own lives. We ask thy blessings on us all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.